Welcome to Digital Detectives, reports from the battlefront. We'll discuss computer forensics, electronic discovery, and information security issues and what's really happening in the trenches. Not theory, but practical information that you can use in your law practice, right here on the Legal Talk Network. Welcome to the 61st edition of Digital Detectives. We're glad to have you with us. I'm Sharon Nelson, president of Sensei Enterprises. And I'm John Simic, vice president of Sensei Enterprises. Today on Digital Detectives, our topic is Catalyst offers free e-discovery practicum to law schools. We're delighted to welcome as today's guest, Bill Hamilton, the executive director of the UF e-discovery project at the University of Florida Levin College of Law. Bill teaches introductory and advanced e-discovery classes on campus and online. Welcome, Bill. Hello. Glad to be here. You know, Bill, I didn't even know what a practicum exactly was. So can you explain first what that is and then tell us about how the e-discovery practicum came about at your law school? A practicum is a way for the students to get uh, simulated experience as much as possible. Uh, to do that in eDiscovery, of course, uh, we have to use eDiscovery software. Think of a flight simulator at a training school. Uh, what the students there don't do is just sit in a classroom. They actually get out in the simulator. So what we do at the University of Florida, Living College of Law, is we try and provide that simulator experience for our students. So not only are we studying case law, but the students are getting a, a hands-on feel for what it's actually like to go out and practice in the field. The idea, of course, is that uh, this enriches their background, enriches their understanding of electronic discovery, and uh, also makes them job ready. So, Bill, why did you think the practicum was important in an introductory law school e-discovery course? Well, you have to imagine yourself in a situation where you're trying to teach electronic discovery um, or any subject, and the students have a, a lack of understanding or experience with the very topic that you're talking about. Uh, let's take a very rough example. Suppose you were trying to teach someone what it's like to cut the grass around your house, and they were from another planet, had never cut grass, didn't know what grass looked like, didn't know it was green, didn't know it grew, didn't know water, and never been on a lawnmower, and never tried to do anything with respect to an edger. Your class talking about that would leave your students completely blank. They would really have no reference model to draw from. So what we try and do at the University of Florida is create that reference model. So we spend a significant amount of time breaking down computers and talking about what digital evidence is. And at the same time, you can't handle digital evidence without using software uh, in, in the process. So we make sure that they have that experience as well. So what we want to do is help our students have, a, as I said, have a rich experience where they're not merely talking the talk, but actually they're walking the walk as well. Well, I'm guessing there's a lot of moving parts to this uh, practicum. So can you tell us about the components of it? Uh, yes, uh, the components are three different parts. And it was a little bit of experience that uh, we had to have with it, uh, with Catalyst and uh, uh, Patty Daly, who helped us and was the main person there working on the project. Working in a law school environment is you need to respond to the demands of the students. We have a limited amount of time. 
the students aren't just taking electronic discovery. It's not eight hours a day that we have a training program for them. They're doing many different things. They're doing interviews for jobs. They're uh, talking to other professors. They're taking other courses that they're interested in. Of course, we all know that they're excited about electronic discovery, but it can't absorb all their time. So what we have to do is integrate what they're doing in the classroom when we're talking about, for example, search. Uh, We have to provide them with uh, search tools and search software and help illustrate the lessons by having them do the software. You know, one of the modern approaches to to pedagogy is is that you really don't learn unless you struggle with something a little bit. So we talk a bit about uh, search, what search is, what Boolean search is. Uh, what uh, you know, stemming is, and those kinds of things to refine and improve the search. But then we turn the students loose with structured exercises. And uh, you know, I have to commend Catalyst for helping me on that because you can make exercises so hard that it befuddles the students, and then they come away with a, a negative experience. Or you can make exercises so easy that uh, it all seems a routine. So what we've done is come up with a series of exercises that test the students a bit um, and at the same time uh, provide them with some encouragement. So what Catalyst has done is they've created some videos that talk about their software, or Catalyst Insight. Uh, then we have some practical exercises that the students do. And the practical exercises are designed to allow them to uh, expand themselves in terms of what they learned in the videos. Uh, what we have also is access to Catalyst Sandbox. So while the students are watching the videos on the educational channel that Catalyst offers, uh, they can also experiment in a sandbox and test out uh, what they're doing. Then they work on the exercises. And then finally, after a period of time, typically a week, uh, what they do is they take a quiz that gives them feedback on how they're doing and helps them understand whether they're grasping the fundamental concepts or not. And of course, I'm grading the exercises and providing uh, tips and insights and uh, constructive comments on how uh, their searches that they designed could have been improved and in some cases not improved. A lot of the students just take to this like uh, a duck takes, takes to water, as they say, and they do you know very well from the get-go. Well, we're big fans of Catalyst ourselves. And You've given talked about some things that, that they provide, the videos and the sandbox and, and all that other stuff, but can you elaborate a little bit on why they're a good partner for this practicum? Well, we originally went to Catalyst uh, in large part because uh, John, John Tredenick, the founder of Catalyst, has been involved in e-discovery education for a while. So one, uh, Catalyst had the impulse to do it. Uh, there's a generosity of spirit there. And at the same time, uh, their platform was perfect for us. One of the struggles we had at, and law schools do have, is uh, installing software on students' machines. That becomes very problematic and very difficult and troublesome. So uh, in the early era when you had e-discovery software, it was basically uh, an application loaded on a machine and not hosted in the cloud. It presented uh, challenges for us. So Catalyst was one of the first to say, look, we have our platform in the cloud. You can access it just through any browser on any machine, and it worked like magic for us. So that's the two reasons we generated uh, and moved towards Catalyst is because, one, uh, obviously it's a quality product. Uh, Two, uh, they had the spirit of e-discovery education, and John was always very dedicated to to providing us with uh, with the resources we need. And in terms of uh, having their training people work to develop this special set of videos. Uh, 
So it was all those things kind of coalesced and came together a couple of years ago. And uh, we've been gradually working on refining the product to the point where we, we think we've got it tuned pretty well today. Well, this is so different from what law students generally experience in law school. They, do, they tend not to get too much that's really practical. So how did they respond to the practicum? Well, we've gotten great reports on it. Uh, students seem to like it, and they like the fact that it provides them with a concrete experience on what the case law is about. Mm-hmm. You know, when you talk about baseball, for example, uh, just to take another example, it seems real easy to field a grounder. It seems real easy to catch a fly ball. It seems easy to hit a pitch. But when you get out there, it's much different in the field. Similarly, we can talk about, uh, you know, reading uh, Judge Faciola's cases and Judge Grimm's cases on search and the difficulties of search and um, even Judge Peck's cases on tar. But until you try to do it and realize that it really takes some effort and some concentration and it takes testing and the iterative process is not easy, that all enriches their experience and they come away with a deeper appreciation that how important it is discovery is in terms of the dispute resolution process, but it's also a skill set that's only acquired with hard work. So Bill, how is the practicum designed from a pedagogical perspective? Well, uh, from a pedagogical perspective, as as we talked about earlier, our, our theory basically comes out of some recent studies that have been done on educational uh, philosophies and really empirical research on really what works in the classroom. Uh, There's a good book out called Make It Stick. Uh, There's another good book out called The Talent Code. And what these books emphasize is that the learning process requires a, a feedback loop and that the testing process that we're typically used to for purposes of assessment is also a way that information becomes solidified with students. In other words, testing is really should be understood more as a uh, less as an assessment vehicle. It's always important for that, but also as a way of strengthening the student's retrieval capacities and ability to work with the information. So what the Catalyst program does from a pedagogical point of view is it allows the students to see what's going on. So they watch the videos and it says, uh, let me show you how to do it. And of course, they can pause the videos, play them over again, run them as many times as they want while they're doing the same thing in the Catalyst sandbox. So they're getting comfortable with it. Then next, we turn them loose on exercises. And the exercises require them to go into the sandbox and do things themselves. And frankly, to struggle through it a little bit. And that struggling process allows them to understand whether they really got it or not from the videos that they watched and allows them to go back to the videos and watch them again. But it helps them assess their own maturity level in terms of learning the software and learning the skills that are appropriate uh, for e-discovery. And then finally, to give them even more feedback on it and require them to kind of dig into it deeper, we do a test Uh, That's a relatively short test. Uh, It's uh, 10, 10, 15 questions uh, that allows the students to do some genuine retrieval practice, which one has the benefit of letting them know what they're doing, but it also has the process of allowing it to sink in. Uh, You know, when you think about something and retrieve it, it makes it much easier to think about it and do it the next time and allows you also to build a larger conceptual frame on top of it. You know, it's very difficult uh, to do algebra unless you can multiply numbers together and know how to factor. Well, uh, so you've got to have that foundation solid. 
Similarly, with this practicum, what we try and do is establish a, a solid foundation with feedback loops and, and retrieval practice that allows the students to develop a better conceptual framework when we're discussing case law and how to apply the case law to concrete, specific situations that, uh, that I bring to class that we're all seeing around us on a day-to-day basis. Well, before we move on to our next segment, let's take a quick commercial break. Well, this is normally the spot in our show where we hear words from our sponsors. This potentially represents a unique opportunity for you. Digital Detectives is seeking sponsors. You can hear your advertisement right here. If you're interested, contact the team at Legal Talk Network at info at legaltalknetwork.com. Welcome back to Digital Detectives on the Legal Talk Network. Today, our topic is Catalyst offers free e-discovery practicum to law schools. Our guest is Bill Hamilton, the executive director of the University of Florida's e-discovery project at the University of Florida Levin's College of Law. So tell us, Bill, why did you decide to make the practicum part of the course grade? Well, students work for grades. Just as all of us work for money, students work for grades. It's very important to them. At the University of Florida, and I believe most other law schools, uh, grading is on a curve. So students, to some degree, are in competition with one another, and they know they're being ranked and evaluated. So it's uh, very difficult uh, to motivate students to do work um, if it's not going to count. So we want it to count. So that's why we build it into the grading process. Now, when we did that, I think the thing to keep in mind is that what we did is we made made it what's called low-stakes testing and low-stakes evaluation and exercises. In other words, uh, any particular one of the exercises in Catalyst or even the quizzes count for a relatively small portion of the ultimate grade that the student is going to receive. What this does is it lowers the anxiety level uh, for the testing and you know makes the student approach it with a little more of a let's see what happens approach. I'm going to work at this, but I want to expand myself. I want to test it out um, and do well. I mean, you can imagine going out again using a sports model on a soccer field and saying, I've got to kick a goal here else the world is going to come to an end. Your chances of kicking the goal are dramatically reduced by that by that perception. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other hand, if you have a team and you're doing practices and you're just kicking it in during practice, well, everything goes smooth, swimmingly well. Well, that's what we tried to do with our students is we want it to count. We want the students to work at it. We wanted them to take it seriously. Um, we want them to be rewarded uh, for the work they put into the program. But at the same time, we didn't want it to be a, a high stakes, uh, winner take all uh, kind of experience. So that's why we did it. It's, uh, it's important uh, that it become part of the curriculum and grading. And that required some creativity. How do you build in that grading element into it? So, uh, you know, we had to come up with the total points that are going to be available in the course. You know, how many points is the final going to be worth? Uh, how many points are various catalyst exercises worth in the quizzes? As well as the other things that we do in the class um, as well. 
well um, outside the you know the catalyst practicum. But it's it's important that uh, the students work at it on an ongoing basis, and to get students to encourage students to do that, we really need to have them getting credit for it. We don't want students doing e-discovery, unfortunately, in the way that many students approach a traditional law school class, which is to pay um, a reasonable amount of attention during the term and then cram at the end for the final examination. You know, what we want to do in e-discovery because of the nature of the course is they have to uh, absorb the information gradually and and build one class on top of another. So we uh, use the software and the catalyst testing and tools to allow that to happen. And we, we found it very effective. So right away, I get a sense as to whether the students are understanding our lessons on search and our class activities, um, if um, they're able to perform on the quizzes as well, which involve doing searches and the actual uh, catalyst uh, sandbox. So that's from the student side, but what commitment does it take from the from a professor to use the practicum? Well, it, it does take uh, some commitment. Uh, what, of course, we said is Catalyst has been very helpful. They've created the videos, so don't have to worry about the videos. Catalyst has also done the examination, and that's auto-graded. So I get a report from Catalyst as to the scores of my students on the on the quizzes. I might mention, too, that the quiz isn't a one-and-done one kind of event. Students have the ability to take the quiz over again if they don't do well on it the first time or the second time or the third time to get themselves up to a, a, an acceptable level that they're comfortable with and that I'm, I'm comfortable with. So Catalyst provides those resources, which are absolutely wonderful. Uh, the burden on the professor is uh, twofold. One, on the exercises, because the exercises require a certain amount of creativity and thinking it through, uh, what the professor has to do is be able to evaluate the responses on the exercises. Now, you know, this isn't rocket scientists, but it takes some time. Uh, we've got to look at each answer, especially the answers that aren't as correct as other answers, figure out where the student might have gone amok or at least uh, not done as clean, crystal, a clear and direct search as we would have hoped, and then provide feedback uh, to the student, giving them some instruction. Additionally, uh, what I hold are kind of ongoing sessions where students can contact me at any time. You know, I meet with them uh, in the office or on Zoom. If they're having some trouble with Catalyst and want some deeper explanation into this feature, that feature, or some other function. So it's a collaborative effort between Catalyst. Catalyst provides a lot, but uh, the instructor, uh, of course, can't get away from our, our fundamental responsibilities to our students to, to assess their results, to, to help them mature and develop, and to give them feedback and be there for them uh, to make sure they don't struggle too hard. Well, it sounds like it takes a lot of commitment from uh, the professor, so I certainly applaud you for that, Bill. Uh, you mentioned some of what Catalyst does. Are there other elements to their support? Well, yes. The way it works at the beginning of the semester is I'll get the names and email addresses of my students, and then I will uh, send uh, that to Catalyst. They, they, at the appropriate point in the semester, my direction will then send out a welcome message to students advising them of uh, the Catalyst training program for students. And there's a special website for that and then a separate the website for the sandbox that the students play in. So they get a message with uh, two uh, URLs uh, and plus instructions on the how to use both. Uh, Catalyst has also created a training manual that the students can use. They have their search guides. They have other Catalyst uh, educational materials that students generally find very, very helpful. 
And then lastly, if a student's having a technical problem of some kind, uh, the Catalyst Help Desk is available to assist them with, with technical and other problems related to access if there should be some challenges. And then, as I said, uh, the Catalyst provides us with a a report on a regular basis of, uh, of how the students are doing. And then lastly, uh, and I think this is really important for the ongoing success of the program, we always meet at the end of the semester and do an appraisal. Uh, did we accomplish what we wanted to accomplish? Uh, should the exercises be tweaked? Should the um, uh, testing be tweaked in some way? And, and usually every semester we come up with a couple good ideas between John, uh, Patty Daly, and myself in terms of how we can even improve it. So it's, it's an ongoing work in progress. Uh, and I really feel like Catalyst has been a, a partner in this with me. So, Bill, tell us a little bit, what, what do you think the, the practical means for eDiscovery Law School education? Well, um, I think that law school e-discovery education is really setting a model in many respects for the direction that law schools, I think, will be moving in the future. And that's to provide uh, more uh, hands-on training for, uh, for students. Uh, when I graduated from law school, I was privileged to go work with a significant law firm. And I remember going through almost a year of training at the law firm where I had partners sitting beside me uh, questioning my, uh, what it seemed at the time, every move. <laughs> I can remember having a depositions where uh, I would ask the questions in the wrong sequence or miss something. And then the partner sitting with me would say, we're taking a break. And of course, everybody in the deposition room knew why we were taking a break. And that was to instruct Bill on a better way to do things. <laughs> it's called a feedback loop, Bill. <laughs> you know, Bill would come back very red faced and you know, try and regain his focus and go on. You know, and we did that for months. And I was, you know, I thought I was one of the brightest people out there at the time. <laughs> um, but, I, but I wonder, and, and uh, what I'm hearing from students that have graduated and like is that law firms uh, feel more fiscally constrained and uh, maybe clients feel more fiscally constrained as well. And that kind of training uh, students aren't getting from the larger law firms. And of course, the mid and smaller law firms have their own struggles from a financial point of view as well. So I think it's going to devolve back on law schools uh, to provide uh, more training on specifics and on concrete. And we do that here at Florida. Of course, we have our moot court, which trains students in appellate advocacy. We have our various clinics. You know, we have uh, trial practice. Uh, so it's, a, a, as they say in the techie world, a robust kind of practical uh, approach to certain aspects of legal education. And also, I should mention our clinics. But I think in terms of where the classrooms are going as well, especially for second and third year courses, uh, we're going to be doing, I believe, more in the future. Uh, we're dealing with specific concrete practical problems that students are that will face as soon as they leave uh, the law school. And this will make them more practice ready when they hit the street. And I think will improve their, their, their value uh, out in the marketplace as well. And I think uh, e-discovery education, not because we have any particular foresight or genius or anything, but kind of what we were kind of forced into because we had to acclimate students to the, you know, to what digital evidence is and what a computer is and how it stores and creates evidence and what bytes and bits are and how that all works in terms of search and the like. The fact that we had to kind of do that background work, I think, is a little bit of a, I won't say a model, but a kind of um, overall picture that I think other courses are going to look at and say, maybe we should be doing a little more of that in our courses as well. So I kind of view, one, uh, 
e-discovery education is setting a little bit of a new trend in law schools. And second of all, I think that law schools are all going to have to move in this direction by teaching e-discovery. Look, uh, this is evidence. We're talking about evidence. I mean, we're, uh, unfortunately, uh, e-discovery got kind of branded early on as this dark place where people went into the basement to review documents for hour after hour after hour and in large group. It was kind of like uh, Charlton Heston rowing on the, the galley. <laughs> Roman galley. You, know, you, you live for this ship, the certain <laughs> ship. You know, uh, unfortunately, we had a little bit of that mentality early on in e-discovery. Somehow it got out there. But that's not the, the way it is. We're talking about evidence. And here, you, you, if you don't understand this evidence and you can't uh, gather it properly, you can't understand its richness and its purposes, you can't use it to adequately represent your client and to get the best possible result in litigation context. So, you know, law schools have to move in this direction where their students understand this new evidence because if uh, the practice of litigation and dispute resolution is anything, it's gathering the evidence and understanding it and applying it as the law permits. Well, I just think it's wonderful that we've had the opportunity to hear about the practicum today. I know that when I was president of the Virginia State Bar and went around to the law schools talking to students, the number one complaint I heard was that they weren't getting hands-on experience. They didn't know how to uh, get a real job or demonstrate their value to potential employers. And it was of great concern to them. And when I asked them what they wanted to do, all they could tell me was, I want to get a job and I've got six figures of debt. So what you're really doing is preparing them for the possibility of being very practical to a law firm when they first come on board and giving them a competitive edge as well. So uh, it's been wonderful hearing the story of all this, and it's a great program. And thank you for being with us today, Bill. Yeah, if I could just mention something else before we conclude. Uh, I think uh, what Catalyst has done and some other uh, vendors and software providers has been wonderful in terms of the industry. I really think the the software and vendor community is stepping up to the plate now more than ever uh, to provide these educational programs. Uh, And, uh, uh, you know, we look forward in the law school community to continuing to work with uh, with them uh, to bring an increasing richness Uh, to our students. Well, the next time I see John, I'll buy him a drink on behalf of all the the law students across the country (laughs) to whom he's offered this wonderful program. (laughs) Well, that does it for this edition of Digital Detectives. And remember, you can subscribe to all the editions of this podcast at LegalTalkNetwork.com or on iTunes. If you enjoyed this podcast, please review us on iTunes. And you can find out more about Sensei's Digital Forensics Technology and Security Services at SENSEIENT.com. We'll see you next time on Digital Detectives. Thanks for listening to Digital Detectives on the Legal Talk Network. Check out some of our other podcasts on LegalTalkNetwork.com and in iTunes.